Hello and welcome to North 100, a Canadian Highlander podcast. I'm Serge. Joining me today in studio, Ben Wheeler. Sure am. Reminder that North 100 is brought to you by you with your support of the Patreon over at patreon.com slash loading ready run. Welcome to another set review. Today we are talking about Commander Legends 2, the quest for Baldur's Gate, whatever it's called. Commander Legends Battle for Baldur's Gate, D&D MTG. Nailed it. Thank you, Wheeler. Mm. Reminder for our set reviews that this is not exhaustive. We're going through the Commander set as well as the Commander Precon decks and handpicking the cards that we think are going to be relevant to the format. Again, if you think we miss anything, let us know down in the description not the description, the comments below. We'd love to hear your thoughts to see if we missed anything or if we slept on anything. Wheeler, you want to start us off? Sure. Let's do this. Abdel Adrian, Gorian's Ward. This is four and a white for a 4-4 legendary creature, human warrior. And when Abdel comes into play, exile any number of other non-land permanents you control until Abdel leaves play. And you create a 1-1 one, one white soldier creature token for each permanent exile this way. Then it has choose a background, but that's not relevant because we don't play with commanders, the command zone, all that jazz. Um, so there's this deck surge. Maybe you've heard about it. It's more of a card, really. It's called World Gorger Dragon. I was going to say, this is this is a combo piece, right? Oh, yeah. 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 This is from a long line of Angels of Glory Rise, World Gorger Dragon, just abuse etbs over and over and over see the thing is you play an animate dead mm -hmm. which then reanimates abdel and then abdel comes into play and says hey i want that animate dead out of here <laughs> and then makes a token and then animate dead says sorry abdel actually you're dead and so he dies and brings back the animate dead and so forth and so forth and so while the other combo like the traditional world george combo um does a couple of things it gets the infinite mana that's pretty good um, it ruins your day if your opponent has swords to pile shares. That's pretty bad. But again, infinite mana makes it so much easier to just kill uh, with you know other cards in your deck. But this guy, he kind of makes his own little loop. That's kind of hot. So he's redundancy, but also just has another cheeky little way of, well, killing your opponent. Do you think this has application in any other decks? It's a very powerful ETB, almost like a blink or a flicker or something like that, in maybe a pod chain or a Sandy B or something like that, or no? I mean, <laughs> yeah, like technically, yeah, I guess you could make a creature combo deck worse by including this. Like, I'm not saying. You, pl you played for the combo application, it's not a mid range card. You, correct, yeah. yeah right. Only combo, and you could maybe find another creature combo where it's relevant. Again, just animate dead in this. I like. I don't necessarily want to say Sandy B because I say that for every card, but it is an easy Eldritch Evolution target that you can set up loops with. So I imagine we'll see a lot of him, but it's still just going to be very much within that combo sure. zone. Yeah. All right, what do we got next? It's a good one. It's a good one. Introducing Archivist of Ogma. This is a two-mana 2-2 two -two halfling cleric for one and a white. Has flash, and whenever an opponent searches their library, gain a life, draw a card. Well, this is profoundly spicy. So, pros. It has flash. Mm -hmm. It's a 2-2 two -two for two. Mm -hmm. It gains you life. It draws you cards when your opponent does stuff. Mm -hmm. Cons. It's not a hate bear. 
In no way is it actually disruptive to what your opponent does. I know you're looking at me like, Serge, why are you talking about downsides to a card that's almost all upsides? But it's worth mentioning, if you wanted to play this in a deck like D&T, it might not fit perfectly. I'm going to play the heck out of this in tempo, though. I'm going to play the heck out of this in D&T as well. Are you? Yeah. But it doesn't slow them. It's like if your opponent's already doing something, would you would you rather have this or um, what's the name of the lane in that lets them not search? Uh, Arbiter? Yeah. I want it all. <laughs> yeah, it's a two drop. I mean, it doesn't... Hate bears don't necessarily have to just say no. They can also be like, yeah, do that. I dare you. I double dog dare you. Do you have examples of hate bears that don't say no? I thought by definition a hate bear had to say no. I mean, Burning Tree Shaman. It's a three mana, three, four. Whenever a player, so it's symmetrical, activates an ability that isn't a mana ability, they take a damage. You can still do it. That's that's fair. Okay. So, like, there are cards that are going to, uh, like, maybe cause your opponent to not oh, take certain slightly lines. differently. Yeah, there's a red one yeah. as well. Whenever they activated a card in a graveyard, harsh they take mentor, two. Yeah, harsh Cemetery mentor, Cemetery Gatekeeper. Yeah, okay, a okay, okay. And so, like... It's not all. You can't have all Thalia's much to. Uh, but the what if it, what if this was just another Thalia? I'd play it in a heartbeat. We just got two Thalia's in the new um, new Innistrad block. Yeah, Grolnock and the token for so, Grolnock. I just want to be clear. I'm in no way hating on this card. This card is fantastic. This yeah. card is very, very, very good. Uh, yeah. the, the problem I'm trying to find is the home. I mean, you probably jam it in all white decks that play creatures anyways. But yeah. you know what I mean? It's just like, what's its theme? What's its raison d'etre other than gaining you life and drawing new cards? Do you play it in Soul Sisters? It has yeah. gain a life. Yeah. yeah. But I played in Soul Sisters because that's a white deck that has cheap creatures. <laughs> right. Like, I think, I yeah, I don't think you need much. Um, this is the kind of card where you don't need to find too many synergies uh, or, like, you don't need a strict guide for where you play it. Sure. Just... White mana. It's particularly great um, because of the prevalence of fetch lands in our format as well. Yeah. So if you're not a huge entrenched player in the format and you're like, well, if you cast this response to Demonic Tutor, you're still dead. No, you get this down on turn one with a mox. Turn two, your opponent might crack three or four times and you're just rolling in value. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, now that we've covered the two most exciting cards in the set, let's cover oh, everything no. else. <laughs> There's some. There's still some good stuff. There's all right. Still some good all right. Stuff. Uh, Battle Angels of Tear, two white white for a four four angel knight with flying and myriad. Uh, myriad not relevant nope. in our format. That's okay. Whenever Battle Angels of Tear deals combat damage to a player, draw a card if that player has more cards in hand than each other player. Okay. Uh, then you create a treasure token if that player controls more lands than each other player. Sure. And then you gain three life if that player has more life than each other player. Not happening that much, but who, who's who's to say? Um, four fours for four that fly kill people. <laughs> they just kill people. Um, I'm shocked. It's kind of funny how a three four flyer is just the stat line that is huge, right? Like it's a food chain. The Vendillion clique gets eaten by the Resto Angel, and then the Resto Angel gets ang eaten by the Battle Angels of Tear, and then Exalted Angels on top. But yeah. it's just me playing it. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, this card is just going to slam face. And if you're playing it in a white deck with Ancient Tomb, City of Traders, Soul Rings, all that, um, chances are your fast mana means it's coming out before it should be. So 
you're probably drawing cards because you're dumping out your hand with fast mana. Uh, or you're ramping lands because you've used artifact mana to accelerate it. Um, or you're just a deck that plays Armageddon. Yep. And so, like, you can get in, maybe rebuild a bit, but if your opponent rebuilds a little bit quicker, you still got gas. Or just people playing ramp. Two things. Mm -hmm. One, one of my favorite cards is Timely Reinforcement. Mm. So anything that has this much text and reminds me of Timely Reinforcement just warms my heart a little bit. Yep. And two, this is going to do a pretty dang good job of stabilizing in the red matchup or the goblin matchup. It's a little clunky because... You have to connect first. So unlike Kitchen Finks, one of the creatures that ETBs and gains you life, you gotta you gotta wait for a little bit. But it's also a four four. It blocks a goblin guide pretty well, right? Yeah, I think it's kind of become common knowledge now, but I still see this mistake getting made a lot where people will look to for anti aggression tools for their decks and they mm. go like, Well, I should play Thrag Tusk. It's like no. You don't have time to get the five. When you do, (laughs) the body and the life might not even be relevant. What you need is Questing Beast. That's a body that they can't bolt that gets to also slap them around and then be like, hey, what are you doing? You got to apply your own pressure, right? Yeah, exactly. And this card, I'm not calling it Questing Beast, has similar amount of, <laughs> sim- similar yeah, amount of words four, on four it. four for four, yeah. Wheeler. Yeah, it, but it will do the whole like, Oh, you thought you were winning this race. Mm. <laughs> That's so cute. You're not. You're really not. All right. Next up. Deep Gnome Terramancer. I get all the two twos for two with Flash here. This yeah. is great. One and a white. It's got Flash and reads, whenever one or more lands enter the battlefield under an opponent's control without being played, you may search your library for a Plains card. Notice, Plains card, not basic Plains card. This gets duels. Put it onto the battlefield, tapped, then shuffle, but only do it once this turn. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> this card is very strong. This card has a very similar home to some of the decks that we were talking about before. Uh, this will catch you up. And the fact that this can get some of the new duels that a lot of us are playing that already come into play tapped, Triumphs, uh, the Snow Duels, the Artifact Duels, all... Well. Well, I'm, maybe not with this card, but you I know what I mean. Going. Yeah. yeah, it uh, it just has such tremendous amount of upside. Even a Ravnica duel that you don't have to pay two life to have it get like fetching a Rav duel. I love it. And again, you can do this in response to them fetching. There you go. You could you could catch them. God, this non bows with the idiot bird, but just like imagine playing against white now, and there's all of these all of these flash threats, right? Yeah, yeah. Blue white's getting a lot of stuff. Like blue white <laughs> tempo. Mm. You're you're really annoying deck. Um, God, I love blue white tempo though. Now passing up with two mana or more in that matchup is terrifying. I wonder if there's enough density of flash creatures now that you stop playing uh, Aethervile. Well, I I don't know, right? It's Aethervile lets you potentially flash two creatures out on the same turn, but Aethervile is pretty good. Yeah. It's either Dark Ritual or uh, Dark Steel Pendant or Dark Steel Relic. The zero mana does nothing. It either does nothing or it adds 20 mana. Oh, okay. So it's hard, okay. To, hard to say. Hard to say. <laughs> Anything else we want to add about this card? Obviously, it's very, very good. God, no. This card's good. It's, yeah. it's so good. You know what I like about this? So White has tried to do this in the past mm-hmm. with... Um, what's the lion? The lion knight. It's White White comes oh, into play. Knight of the White Orchid? Knight of the White Orchid, right? White has had these catch-up land mechanics. Only do it if your opponent has more lands than you. Mm-hmm. Notably, this doesn't have it. You just do it in response to a fetch land, and you're laughing. Yeah. 
still good on the play. Yeah, it it actually lets you get ahead on mana as the white deck as opposed to catch up, which is very powerful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's also a gnome. <laughs> it's also a gnome. Nice little add-on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, here's the next card. Horn of Valhalla. One in a white. It's an artifact equipment. It has an adventure, which we'll get to in a second. But the equipment side says equip creature gets plus one, plus one for each creature you control and equip for three. And then the adventure is called, is that Isgard's Call? Isgard? Yeah, we'll go with that. Sure. D&D &D names. Uh, X white, white sorcery. Create X one, one white soldier tokens. So now Steel Shaper's Gift or Stoneforge Mystic can find equipment that's equipment, equipment that's a single creature, or equipment that's a bunch of creatures. I don't think that last one is going to be, which is this horn, is going to be everywhere. But green-white tokens and Naya tokens is more of a real strategy than people give it credit for. And, like, it doesn't take many creatures for this to just get out of hand. Like, you can use this as a haha surprise. You tried to build to the board, but I had a spirit token. I'm just going to pay five mana and deal an extra four or five in the air and kill you. Or you can be like, well, they blew up everything. I guess I'm going to cast this as a big old spell to make a bunch of tokens. Like, people play secure the wastes in those tokens decks, which is a commander card now. It's like transcended into that, which is a weird thing to say because we're doing a commander set. But like, you know, <laughs> it's just so one note mm. and it is, you have better options. But this one does that if you really need it to, is tutorable and can also just push for more damage or make even smaller things. Like every raise the alarm now just actually makes a threatening board. Horn of Valhalla is not an exciting card. But I think it does enough, if that makes sense. I think if either half of this was by itself, you'd be like, not a chance, not yeah. playable. Yeah. But it just barely tips over that line. The Stoneforge interaction is cute. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. Tutorable, a tu like being able to tutor for uh, an equipment that is both, It. I mean, I'm going to call it Nettlesys, but it's not Nettlesys, but it has that Nettlesys vibe sure. of like massive thing or like building bodies. Hmm. You know, or body. Yeah, it's fine. It's niche, but I think it's still reasonable consideration. All right, next up. White Plume Adventurer. This is a three mana, three, three orc cleric for two and a white. When it enters the battlefield, you take the initiative, which, if you're not familiar with the new mechanic, is very similar to entering the dungeon, except the initiative puts you into a unique dungeon. Do you remember the name of it? The Undercity. It lets you enter the Undercity, and it introduces a new mechanic similar to the Monarchy, where you have the initiative, and upon combat damage, it can be taken from you back and forth. Now, it's worth mentioning, the Undercity is actually kind of sweet. It's got some pretty good stuff in it, which makes it fairly relevant. Um, I don't want to necessarily read through it all, but you can look at the screen and pause it if you want to read it, or just Google it mm -hmm. and see how it goes. But it... Um, there's some value in there, specifically if you can finish it. But there's more more text on the card. At the beginning of each opponent's upkeep, untap a creature you control. If you've completed a dungeon, untap all creatures you control instead. Mm. 
It's a 3-3 three, three for 3 that doesn't do a ton. Yeah. It I, introduces the initiative. So I feel like... For 3. I feel like it it needs to have a very specific home, much like the monarchy, because sometimes it can be a liability. And what this card isn't, oh, is Palace Jailer. Yeah. Which, you know, brings in the monarchy, but also sends a creature bye-bye and is extremely powerful, right? Like, this is not going to have as much immediate impact as that card. And as such, I think you need to be a little bit more specific or choosy on which matchups you decide to introduce the initiative to. Because if you play just a 3-3 for 3 and hope to get value out of it, and your opponent takes that from you, well, now this is a liability. But if you're in a particular matchup where you can seize the initiative and hold the initiative, you're going to get a lot of upside. And you've got the pseudo-vigilance attached to it as well, which does help you apply pressure and keep creatures back, specifically if you had, say, a big 4-4 angel or something like that. Go with me on this journey. Oh, I'm ready. Elvish Mystic. Uh-huh. This card. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Just play this on turn two. Untap your thing. Maybe untap itself. I don't... On three, it's kind of appealing. I think the initiative is a... It's a... Like, getting... Your opponent getting the initiative initiative is not as bad as your opponent getting the Monarch. Sure. Because if you have the Monarch and they take the Monarch and then use that card advantage to prevent you from taking it back because you are the one that has deployed the resources to initially get it going. Yep. And there, and those resources are typically like big, right? Like no playable cards give you the monarch. Well, I guess that enchantment, the aura fall from favor gives the monarch at three and the core. Oh, sure. But like not the big ones, not the yeah. palace jailers or yeah. whatever. Um, and so like if your opponent takes the initiative, it's also just very like proactive stuff that, doesn't really speak to a game plan of sit back, relax, have a cool drink and a handful of swords to plowshares. So I'm willing, I, I, I'm on, I'm on team this card. I think. Yeah. Okay. I think. For now, for now. I just think three is such a contested spot in a lot of decks that yeah. if you don't have a game plan to take advantage of it, you're probably not jamming white plume adventure. Yeah, that's fair. All right, let's leave this place and never come back. We have good cards to talk about, <laughs> a.k.a. blue cards. Oh, crap, I have a bad blue card to talk about. <laughs> uh, this is from the Commander uh, the Commander decks for Commander Legends. Uh, Aboleth Spawn. Two to blue for a 2-3 Fish Horror. Great text. Yeah. Flash Ward 2. And whenever a creature entering the battlefield under an opponent's control causes a triggered ability of that creature to trigger... You may copy that ability, and you may choose new targets for that copy. I mostly like that this is just an easy-to-cast flash creature that can't be killed in combat, like through spells. Sure. I feel like this card's going to eat a lot of tutus. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, like, that ability's kind of... these. This style of ability is usually not very good, just because it's like, cool, I get to include this card that is dependent on my opponent doing a thing. Yeah, it's a and lot... not doing it well enough to kill me. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a lot easier in a four-player game where you have 40 life. You know, it's like, oh, this fish whiffed. Cool. Um, but 
the ETVs in this format are still prevalent. Basically, if a creature doesn't add mana or um, like creatures in this format add mana, have a triggered ability on ETB or. Well, that's it. Thalia's, I guess. Like, it's just the categories are so limited that I could see this ability coming up more than you'd expect. Um, but still, like you said, the three drop slot. Pretty contentious, especially in blue. Yeah, you're not cutting. You're not cutting any of your flyers over this. Like, yeah. Cleek, Stiflebird. Mm-hmm. What's Stiflebird's actual name? Nimble obstructionist. Nimble obstructionist. Yeah. Right. This doesn't fly. No. Even mind sensor honorary blue card with flash. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, the advantage it does have, as you mentioned, is it does block better than all those cards we named. But uh, yeah, Ward Two is really annoying. Yeah. Yeah, it is. But also... Especially if they're attacking with a 2-2, they probably don't have the ability to kill it and yeah. uh, and pay the, the tax. Yeah. Slots are just so competitive. So has a lot of eyes, though. That's true. Yeah. That's true. The eye-to-cost ratio is right up there. Yeah, that's... I mean, the <laughs> wins in that category. Yeah. All right. Next up, Ancient Silver Dragon... I thought, which one of us gets the good blue cards? You can get the, you can get the next one. All right. I, 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 if you... Are you excited for the dragon? Eight mana, eight, eight? Please take it away, Weaver. Eight mana? No, no, no. One mana. <laughs> all right. You're going to reanimate. Obviously, you're reanimating it. Yeah. But... Ancient Silver right. Dragon. Six double blue for an eight, eight Elder Dragon with flying. Whenever Ancient Silver Dragon deals combat damage to a player, roll a d20. Draw cards equal to the result. You have no maximum hand size for the rest of the game. Uh, I'm going to use this as Gristlebrand at home. <laughs> We have Gristlebrand at home, though. Yeah, Gristlebrand at home. Mm. Just, uh, you know, the average roll of this, it's what, 10.5? No. 10. 10.5, because you can't roll a zero. 10.5. And, like, how many cards does my big idiot dragon have to draw for me when I cast Shallow Grave? Or, like, reanimate it? Like, I need to, I want to draw, draw me four. If this draws me four or five cards, I'm a happy camper. I'm surprised you're so high on this card because typically with Reanimator, you want it to have immediate board impact, mm-hmm. right? So it's no Jinkataxis, for right. example. It's no, what are, what's the classic, like Blazing Archon or Grizzlebrand, Trastodon, right? These things that hit the field and, yep. and immediately either lock your opponent out of an important part of the strategy or enable part of your strategy like Grizzlebrand to draw immediately. Mm-hmm. This notably doesn't have haste. Right. So I'm thinking more of a Tin Fins shell where you play Shallow Grave, which gives it haste. Um, sneak Attack, which yeah. give it haste. Anger, you're the kind of deck that'll play Anger. To give it haste. All to right. give it haste. Um, it's And it's just kind of big. 8-8's really tough It's real to big. Kill. That's a three-turn clock. Yeah, players are kind of cutting the more expensive, like, anything cards mm. for you know more elegant notably not legendary so it gets around Krakus, yep. which is a, a big cool. hoser mm-hmm. for uh most reanimator decks right yeah and if you uh just don't care you can pitch it to force will you can pitch it to for force in your combo deck all right all it's right not nothing all right that's fair all right keep come on good blue card Sailor's Bane. Oh, yeah, this card's sweet, actually. Nine mana, seven, seven dragon turtle for seven blue, blue. But wait, wait, I hear you rolling your eyes. This spell costs one less to cast for each card you own in exile 
And in your graveyard, that's an instant card, a sorcery card, or a card that has adventure, and it has ward four. This is awesome, especially in all of the Delve Threat decks in blue X, blue black, blue red. This is best friends with Merktite Regent, with, um, what's the, the 1X Horror? Tassiger. What's yeah. the 1X Horror? The 5-5? Five, five? 1X Horror. The Toad? Oh, Gurmag Angler. Gurmag Angler with the Gangler, oh, right? Oh, the 5-5. Five, five. Yeah, and what's amazing with Sailor's Bane here is it doesn't tax your graveyard. So it's best friend with those Delve Threats. Just play a bunch of cantrips, play a bunch of, of cheap removal. Mm -hmm. And you're going to get a very cheap, very angry dragon turtle in no time. This is better than Cryptic Serpent. This is also us telling you to stop playing Cryptic Serpent. I know you people are out there and you're like, oh, it's a two mana five, six. It's like, no, it's not. You're lying to yourself. That's it. Good card. Good card. Pretty good card. Good card. Well, that's it for blue. Unfortunately, we're back to the trash. Um <laughs> Actually, no, we have a good one. We have the the Bone Caller, I believe. Yep. Bone Caller. Cleric. Oh, there's another word to this card. I've only just been calling it Bone Caller. This whole time. <laughs> it's a good name. Uh, one in a black for a 2-1 human cleric. Pay three in a black. Sacrifice it to return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. Activate only as a sorcery. Notably, you don't have to tap to use it, which there are plenty of other reanimation creatures that you do have to do that because you know if typically the idea of being able to play a creature and then sack it immediately to reanimate something uh without the tap is a little scary uh but here you go i uh get ready drum roll please that's a really pathetic drum roll sandy b sandy b <laughs> this is actual a good one that i'll play in sandy b i know i've said it before and i'll say it again uh yeah sandy b you sack it. You return something. Doesn't matter. You had infinite man to get there. If you got to do it fair, that's okay. Pitch your Hulk to survival and get this out. Mm. It's kind of spicy. Actually, that's probably the most relevant thing is that there are certain times where you'll play for like survival of the fittest decks where you have a bunch of mana, but also you don't have the right way to you know get things going. You so don't have anything to like kickstart the engine or whatever, Yeah, right? and like for a deck that is based off of having cards in specific zones, and if they're not, it's bad. Uh, <laughs> sometimes you might run into some some issues. Uh, but for this one, it's just kind of a nice little like pitch my Hulk, pitch my uh, Karmic Guide or whatever, and then find this at last. Maybe get Revel Arc because it's got two power less so I can get it back. Sack it to bring back one of them. And then you're off to the races. I don't even mind this in like uh, green, black, mid-range, no, like sort of a grindy attrition or recurring nightmare style deck. Yeah. It's a sort of early body that you're fine to deal with. And if you have any sort of way to loop or interact with your graveyard, this is just all upside. Yeah. Single black pip doing a lot of heavy lifting yeah. for both the casting cost and the activation. There's a card that's similar. I think it's almost identical. It's a one and a black for two one. And for four, it has Kicker when it ETBs. No Priest of Oblivion. Yeah, No Priest of Oblivion also has Menace and Lifelink. But I like, I actually like this better. Yeah. You can... Specifically for the Reanimator thing, obviously, No Priest is a better aggressive card because it has keywords in it, you know. Yeah. But still, I like it. I like it a lot. Mm -hmm. Good little ditty. All right, next up. We're in red. We only had a single black card, eh? Yeah. 
This yeah. is a one episode, by the way, for the whole set. <laughs> lean. It's a lean episode. Yeah. Welcome to the Ancient Copper Dragon. Six mana, six five Elder Dragon, four red red, has flying. And whenever Ancient Copper Dragon deals combat damage to a player, roll a d20, create that many treasure tokens. What's the average for that? For about uh, 10.5? Yep. Yep. Yes. Yeah. I mean, play dragon, crack with dragon, make mana, cast the rest of your dragons. This this card's extremely straightforward. So I've kind of tried, I've, I've kind of been quiet about this one aspect of this Tin Fins deck. This card's a dragon. The previous one was a dragon. Can you think of a storm spell? No way! Your dragon storm. Dragon storm doesn't give them haste, does it? No, but there's a dragon that gives them haste. Uh, a colligan? Yeah. You're. Or uh, we could just. Use but like, they're already dead in dragon storm. Yeah, but now we get the. You the, don't even get the triggered ability. They sorry. die before the trigger. We don't even. Yeah, but they're just big idiots. That's the important thing. We don't need colligan necessarily. We can figure out something else. Um. The point is <laughs> the point is that now you can add Dragon Storm to the deck with a bunch of rituals and big reanimation targets without having to add bad cards like Atarka, the World Render, or Dragon Lord Colagon. I mean they're not bad. I love those dragons, but I I'm not I'm not just doing this as a as a bit. No, I know you're I serious. I know you're yeah, serious, I mean, and that's yeah. the bad part here, friend. Bad part. Yeah, I mean, it's just you get an extra access to attack, right? Sure. Medium red? No. Uh, wait, it's a six drop? Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was like an eight drop. No, it's only a six drop. Uh, No, it's still no. Still, still no, no medium red. But yeah. Wow. Probably not Probably not big red either. I bet you there's at least one person out there who sees this and starts thinking of that other six mana dragon. If you control 24 artifacts, you win the game. Oh, the Hellkite Tyrant. Yeah. yeah. And they're looking at Hellkite Tyrant and Ancient Copper Dragon. They're like, oh, OTP? Oh, mm, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I just said OTP, Wheeler. Yeah. Instead of OTK? No. One true pairing. You ship them. Oh, what, what does, what's your thing? One turn kill. Oh. <laughs> I was thinking, like, did he? You either you either misspoke when you tried to say OTK or OPP. What's OPP mean? I'm down with OPP, other people's property. That's what Hellkite Tyrant does. It steals her <laughs> artifacts. No, I was shipping them together. Oh, you want the dragons to smooch and make treasure. Well, I think the romance is treasure enough. Don't you agree? <laughs> sure. Speaking of romantic, the next card is called Gut. <laughs> true Zealot or True Soul Zealot. Oh, yeah. What a good goblin. Uh, two and a red for a 2-2 two -two goblin shaman. It's a legend. Whenever you attack, you may sacrifice another creature or an artifact. If you do, create a 4-1 black skeleton creature token with menace that's tapped and attacking. Then has choose a background. <laughs> what, why? why don't you have to sack the 4-1 after combat, right? Because it's not keyword to it's not keyworded to do that. Oh my god! Yeah, I mean, okay, right out the gates, dies to shock, and Krakus, right? Technically, yeah. they can Krakus it. Yeah, Kra you know, if if they if they have a Krakus against my Goblin deck, and this is what they're Krakusing, <laughs> I think I'm okay. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, this is pretty good. Goblins plays moxes. Goblins plays a lot of bad creatures that don't mind when they- You mean you know, goblins. <laughs> yeah, goblins. And you want them to die. Like your recruiter's done its job. It would gladly be upgraded to a 4-1, right? Tapped and attack four power menace creature. You have to kill that with a spell. You can't block that profitably. And if you've played against goblins, you already can't block profitably. Yep. This card, yeah, love it, love it. I mean... Uh, Medium red. Yeah, actually, An I... Ancient Tomb... Oh, you can do the thing! Do the thing, Wheeler. Oh, Ancient Tomb Mana. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Bet you missed ancient that, didn't Ancient Tomb <laughs> Mana. Ah, for the people who are audio only, that was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I actually didn't think about this in medium red, but it's probably good enough for that too. Yeah, dude, take any of the like mentor one ones, like mm. the little free one ones that are coming mm. off any of your other three drops, right? Yep. Ooh. <laughs> Great name. Yeah, gut. Gut. <laughs> True soul zealot. What's your name? Gut. Gut. Mm. Mm. All right, next up. Reckless Barbarian is a two mana two two dragon barbarian. It's another dragon wheeler. Perfect for dragon storm. And you can sack it to add red red. This is obviously very powerful and very busted. I don't play the style of deck. Help me out. Uh, what if you had a blood pet times two? Yeah, but is this fair as a combo application? The combo. It's yeah. 100% okay. Combo. Walk me through a line. Great. So there are. There's a series of creatures that Storm plays, uh, and other combo decks will play. Uh, Blood Pet, Skirk Prospector, which yep. says Sack a Goblin, but guess what? It's a Goblin. Uh, and Wild Cantor. They're all one-mana one-ones that effectively just sack themselves to add a mana. And that doesn't sound great, right? Are you just banking mana? Is this like a Lotus Petal? Are you using it for the Storm count, or to give yourself more mana the turn you go to pop That's off? That's the beautiful thing. You do it for both. You play them early. Okay. They're reasonable blockers. Yep. You can cash them in then. Like, yeah, you store the mana and then you cash in that mana on your storm turn or getting a big tutor out of the way to set up your storm turn. And then when you are storming off through like a Yawgmoth's Will or an Underworld Breach or just anything that wants you to up your storm count, they just pay for themselves. So it's just a free additional storm count. Um Two mana is twice as much as one. <laughs> yeah. Wait, hold on, hold on. I know. Slow down, slow down. I know. Two mana, it, it's twice as much as one, but when you're storming off, two mana is twice as much as one. So I think it's just like, like storm decks will play like Goblin Electromancer and Brawl. Brawl's pretty good. Any way to try and save bit, some mana, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, it's just mana. Anytime they print new fast mana, it's kind of just like, what are you doing? Because that's all Storm really needs, mm. right? Uh, yeah. Cool. So no, no fair applications, but, you know. It, and, and I will say this. Trinket Mage attacks for two. Okay. This also attacks <laughs> for two. All right, you have my attention. Because sometimes you can only count to 19. or Yeah, right. only count to 18 yep, yep, with your yep. Storm. That's yeah. very fair. Yeah. Well, I guess me again, or go back to you? How do you want to do this? I, I took this one, so you can take... Yeah, you can take the next one. All right. Cloakwood Swarmkeeper. We're in green now. This is a one-mana, one-one elf ranger. And whenever one or more tokens enter the battlefield under your control, put a plus one, plus one counter on it. Now, first off, obviously, token decks that are playing creature tokens, like green-white tokens, Naya tokens, gets pretty big. You know what else are tokens? Clues treasure 
food, there are so many cards these days that are printing more and more tokens. I love this. And one of these days, I'm actually going to make the old Rutstein token deck. I expect this to get out of control with treasure. I'm really looking forward to this. I saw this card. This might be weird to you. This is the card that I was most excited about in this set. I was like, Wheeler, they made a 1-1 one, one for 1 that gets bigger when you play treasures. You know why that's not weird to me? You also had the same reaction? No. Oh. When we filmed the pre, like the, the release event video, you came up to me and went, Wheeler, they printed <laughs> a 1-1 one, one that gets bigger with treasure tokens. And I'm like, yeah, I opened it too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm on team, Rudiger. Old Rutstein. Yep. One of these days, we actually have to make that list, though. Oh, yeah. Do you think it's good yet? Uh, it's got to be close. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I do think it's good. Okay. I think it's good. Speaking of good, Aranus Gloomstalker. Woo! Oh, my God. Two and a green for a 3-3 three, three death touch. Hmm. Whenever Aranus Gloomstalker attacks, return target land card from your graveyard to the battlefield. Where's my camera? <laughs> 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 No, I take it back. This is my favorite card from the set. <laughs> yeah, this is so absurd. Good. Oh, this yeah. is absurd. Oh my god! What if? <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So it can't go infinite the same way Ramanap Excavator can. But honestly, the best part of Ramanap Excavator is hitting your land drops or stripping them out of the game, or that like, oh, I get to replay my Urza Saga. Which, I mean, that usually sets up the infinite, but I digress. Um, yeah, this is pretty good. This is so powerful. You play it on turn two <laughs> or turn is... three or turn whenever. It doesn't matter. It's so good in combat. Yeah. It, it oh. <laughs> So in the lands deck, yeah. one of the biggest vulnerabilities you have, one of the weakest moments you have is about turn three when you're like, do I just slam out this crucible into nothing? Mm -hmm. And hopefully the turn after I get to start executing my strategy. Um, even Ramanab Excavator as a 2-3 with no other keywords, you're like, ah, if I'm on the back foot, it's not actually that big of a body. It's extremely vulnerable. 3-3 three, three for 3, single green pip and death touch. This is a proactive threat that also advances your land strategy. It's absurd. It slices and it dices. It's interesting because lands is a deck where there are a bunch of creatures, like you can play a bunch of legendary creatures in that list or some number. Yeah. Um, and yet you don't care about Caracas because you have Wasteland and Strip Mine, but often you will still play your own Caracas so you can just protect this yep. if you really want to. But it doesn't need protection because it's got Death Touch. Oh, yeah. This is a good magic card. It's a very good magic <clears throat> card. Wait. Green creatures. 2020 green cards? 2020 green cards. Unbelievable. Yeah. Wow. This year has not stopped. <laughs> All right. Next up. Another legendary green creature. Introducing go. Jahira, friend of the forest. This is a three mana, two, three legendary human elf druid. Ooh, they're a half elf. Mm. That's exciting. For two and a green, tokens you control have tapping out of green. And it has background, but don't worry about that. So I know what you're thinking. Green, white, tokens, Naya tokens, all those creatures, they can turn sideways and add mana. But you know what else is tokens? Clues, treasure, food, same deck. Now, I'm going to say something controversial. Ooh. Urza. 
Is this the green Urza? That is... <laughs> Obviously not as good, but when you think of the impact of how much mana it can add, just like when Urza, you know, suddenly all your junk can tap to add blue. I think since the printing of Urza, I've literally gotten stupider <laughs> because I don't have to do anything. When I play an Urza deck, I don't have to think. I just have to go like, oh, oops, it's Urza. Oh, oh, tap, <laughs> you know? I So I... I don't think this is the green Urza. I think Urza's the green Urza. Well, that yeah, all right. You're obviously playing Urza too, but it's like, you know, you have your Telerian Academy and Gaius Cradle's like, I'm good too. Yeah, this card isn't doing fair things. Yeah. I, I oh, think yeah. I'm with you on that. Yeah. And then even when it is, like, honestly, you know, you'll run into a thing where the deck that we've talked about in iterations that have been built, they still play stuff like Grist, the Hunger Tide which makes tokens. Old Rudiger makes like creature tokens. You might mm -hmm. even play Bitter Blossoms and whatnot. No, no, wait, cut that bit. I'm not telling you to play Bitter Blossom. That'll cause you to lose matches. Ophiomancer. Yeah. God, Ophiomancer tapping for mana? Those little Snekos? Little Death Touch Snakes oh, wow. for mana. Mm -hmm. um, well, I like this card. Yeah. yeah. I think it's extremely niche. I think it's extremely niche. Mm -hmm. But... Because we keep talking about this archetype, I feel I had to mention it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's powerful for sure. You want to see a segue? Oh, yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about the green Ursa. Uh, Wilson, refined grizzly. One and a green for a 2-2 legendary bear warrior with, uh, well, <laughs> this spell can't be countered. And it has vigilance, reach, trample, and ward two. And they even put choose a background on here, even though it doesn't matter. <laughs> what a good bear smarter than the average bear right there yeah so here's an interesting question um there's a very real deck which is play all the three threes for two mm -hmm. at what point can a two two for two have enough keywords that it's as good as a three three for two well interestingly none of these keywords actually like affect its ability in combat outside of like saying it can push through more damage or it can block some more creatures. Like there's no first strike. There's no, you know, death touch those big ones. Um, and it is just a two, two mm -hmm. that said, I think the deck you're referring to and a bunch of other decks, like if I'm a deck with rancor, I'm probably playing this card. If I'm a deck with Skull Clamps or Shadow Spears, you know, I'm probably playing this card. This card holds a GTA like nothing. Yeah, but anything could hold a GTA. Yeah, but when a G that's true, <laughs> right. but when a good thing holds yeah, a GTA. Yeah, that's true. And when a, this thing itself can't get GTA'd effectively. Yeah. That's pretty nice. Yeah. There's like a conversation point that people have where it's like, how many keywords do we have to throw on a 1-1? One, one? Like for one, before it's playable. And I don't know if there's a good answer unless that combination is like Death Touch and First Strike. But on a 2-2, two, two, yeah, four. If you throw four <laughs> keywords, and this one has five. Five, yeah. Yeah. All so right. I like this bear. Does it get spell snared? Doesn't get spell snared. Yeah. All right. Next up, Jan Jan Jansen or Jan Jansen? Uh Yan, Yan Jansen. Yanny Janny, <laughs> the Chaos Crafter, is a three mana, three, three for three, 
Legendary Gnome Artificer for a Mardu. So a red, a white, and a black. It has haste, and it has two different activated abilities. One, tap, sack an artifact, create two treasure tokens. Very good. One, tap, sack a non-creature artifact, create two 1-1 one, one colorless construct artifact creature tokens. I don't have an immediate home for this, just because it's in Mardu, which is a little bit weird. And a lot of the artifact shenanigans I really like are in blue. But... There are there's a, a long history of artifact decks that let you take things that are artifacts out of your graveyard <laughs> mm -hmm. and put them back in and swapping things back and forth. And I'm trying to remember, you're going to nail this, Wheeler. It's a format of artifact with like four different activated abilities, one of which is like... Brea? No, it's not a creature. It's just an artifact. Oh, Trading Post. Trading Post. Trading Post decks. And Trading Post has a million abilities that work kind of well like this. Mm -hmm. Now, the issue with this style of deck is it's not fast. It can set up really powerful engines. It can do a really good job of attritioning out your opponent and generating value, especially if there's an aboard stall, which is why Blue typically does a great job of leveraging those resources. Now, if I wanted to find a home for this... I'm probably thinking Prison or Stacks, a deck that wants to have a lot of very cheap replaceable permanents and is happy generating stuff to sacrifice or interacting with the graveyard. Yeah, I think this is a... I, I agree with that assessment. To that note, however, mm. I think this is a card that is good that we'll never see play. That's the issue I'm having. Yeah. Like, where's where's its home? Everything it does is amazing. I think it's in the wrong color. Yeah. Even if this is blue, I don't know if I... Well, no, that's not true. That's not true. Yeah, no. that's not true. <laughs> no. That's not true. But, like... Sacrifice an egg to turn into two rocks? There's so many artifacts that when they die, um, like yeah. little baubles, right? They're, we're going to be talking about one of these later. There's a, an artifact. When it comes into play, make a treasure. When it dies, make a treasure. Ooh. There's a there's a two-mana artifact. When it comes into play, draw a card. When it dies, draw a card. Ooh. Right? Yeah. Right? Like those types of shenanigans. The classic trading post cards that you just want to loop over and over. And this does play extremely well with both of the Goblin Planeswalkers. One's mono red. One's Duretti. Durettis. These play. This plays extremely well with your Durettis. Mm -hmm. This plays extremely well with your your Goblin Tinkers and stuff like this. So, like again, it, red, white, splashing black, wildfire. Maybe, unfortunately, this dies to wildfire. But like, it's the type of deck that wants to leverage this type of plays and these types of resources. Like, you can make a bunch of treasure tokens nuke the board and you're left over with enough mana to rebuild yeah i think i think if this card finds a home it's in a deck that doesn't really exist right now i'd agree know? with that yeah where like <clears throat> i've been thinking about like red white like painter's stone just like red white dedicated painter servant goblin welder shenanigans that kind of thing and like is it better if I just go Jeskai? Yeah, maybe, yeah, right, probably. But it's a different, like you're a different deck because you're adding more cards and you get fewer blood moons <laughs> and that kind of utility. Um, what if you add black? It's like, well, same thing, but I guess you get to use your points a little bit better if you want demonic tutors and that kind of thing. But I don't think there's a. So what I'm getting at is I don't think there's enough justification to go outside of like red white with that style of deck. Um, 
you're probably not splashing for this. I mean, red, white, splashing black for Colligan's command, like just the babiest little splash, but I don't think this does enough to justify uh, that. Yeah. So I, this is the kind of card where it's like, don't forget it exists, but give it a give it a minute. They gotta if, print some more stuff. What if you just played as a three three with haste and ignore the other activated abilities unless there's a board stall? Now we're talking. Right? Yeah. <laughs> now we're talking. Yeah. Yeah, I'll take a I'll take a three three for three with haste any day of the week. But unfortunately, we're not taking this one yet. You'll have to excuse me. My phone has shut me out of eggs. Onto the artifacts, though. Can you believe there's only one multicolored card here? They only printed one of the whole set. It's wild to me. Yeah. You'd think there'd be more commanders. Yeah, I guess they're trying to get people to play monocolored commanders. Mm. Uh, prized statue. This is what I was just hinting towards, right? <sighs> Two mana artifact. When it comes into play or is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, you create a treasure token. That's six mana with KCI, Kark Clan Ironworks. Or with. Um... Academy. No, it's not six mana with Academy. Sorry, it's also good with a. Ca- uh, yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm desperately trying to not like make you feel bad about that, but now I realize it's too. We're too deep. No, no, no. We're we're fine. We'll find. All right, great. KCI six mana. Wow, great insight. Yeah, we broke KCI. <laughs> No one had done it before. But it is a single artifact that can theoretically, like it can trigger artifact ETBs or artifacts dying three separate times, which is pretty busted with a sack outlet. Right, of course. I mean, even this plus ATOG is plus six. Oh, yeah. Um, God, I haven't played ATOG in way too long. This plus Arcbound Ravager is pretty good. Yep, very good. Um, Yeah, it's just, it's enough stuff. It's, It's hard because typically eggs be if you're doing eggs egg stuff or just like you want artifacts that give you some value on etb like artifact combo or whatever usually you want uh them to draw cards more than anything but this one doesn't do that it does however poop out more artifacts off a single card than any other like little two mana thing so i think it's worth considering i'm going to give it a roll in um, more than just eggs, I think I'm going to give it in any degenerate artifact deck. <laughs> yeah, does a does shockingly lot of stuff. All right, one more artifact to talk about, and that is the Rug of Smothering. This is <laughs> three mana, one three artifact creature construct has flying, and whenever a player casts a spell, they lose one life for each spell they've cast this turn. <laughs> How much do you hate Storm? Me? Oh, I mean, I know, I know you love stuff. it. So, like, this is a very oddly positioned hate bear. Mm-hmm. Is it a hate bear or is it a workshop spell? Because I see this as a flying artifact creature that is going to kill my are opponent trying, casting. Are you trying to get me to stop playing Hovermere again, Wheeler? I've been trying to get you to stop playing Hovermere for five years now. I, I overlooked it for workshop. Yeah. Specifically because of the one power. But you're right. Like, things that you can cast off Workshop that are actually good threats are incredible. It's got flying. It's got flying. It holds a GTA very well. It holds a cranial plating. Yeah. And I guess, I guess, 
One of the interesting things that it does is it has, ironically, it has a form of reach yep. that a lot of your creatures often do, don't, which is when your opponent tries to stabilize, they're probably going to have to cast spells to do it. Mm -hmm. And that is potentially those last point, couple points of damage that might be the difference maker there. Yep. Yeah. Would you play this in anything other than a workshop aggressive deck? No. I don't think so either. No. I think, again, the only reason this card is playable specifically in that deck is the fact that you can cast it off Workshop. That's it. Yeah. And fly. But yeah. <laughs> Flying is just so busted in those decks. Yeah? Yeah. Like There's very few flyers. Yeah. You need that reach from non-hover mirror cards. Oftentimes, the, the only flyers you're getting are like 1-1 one, one Thopter tokens off of like your... Yeah. And those do so much heavy yeah. lifting. Yeah, they really do. Yeah. You're playing like really trashy, like three mana one ones in red just to get a one one thopter. Mm. <laughs> yeah. That's good earnest uh good honest work. Speaking of, if there's an archetype that people have been asking, I'm sure you've received this as well. People come up and be like, Can I play this deck in Canlander? Then and they and they always word it like it's a like they're asking for permission. <laughs> Like I'm like in the Godfather, you know, like yeah. I come to you on the day of my, please, please Wheeler, please. it's my kids, it's my kid's birthday. I just need you. I just need you to say some nice words of support. I come to you on the day of my Baldur's get, uh, Gate wedding. It's Baldur's Gate. It's literally the name of the set. Uh, it's a legendary land. So Wheeler, mm -hmm. can I play Maze's End? Yeah, I'm not your dad. <laughs> like, but Sorry, I cut you, you off when you're reading the card. But thank you for asking, yeah. everyone. Um, it's a land, it's a gate, it's a legendary land. Comes into play untapped, huge. Uh, pay two, tap, add X man of any one color, where X is the number of other gates you control. And we don't have them here, but there are an additional seven gates as well. Yeah, they tap for one color and you pick another color when they ETB. Is there seven of them? Right. So there's the five that are the colors. There's one that like pumps based on yep, gates. There's yep. one. I can't remember. Oh, what there's, the there's five for the colors, pump. And then there's a, a pinging one, I think. Is there a pinger gate? I think it's a pinger. All right. So I mean, we have a lot of gates. You know, Magic players have access to a lot of gates now. A lot now. of gates now. They all enter tapped. Yeah. Except for this one. <laughs> and I think some of the other ones that we've seen also enter play untapped. All right. You have my permission. <laughs> Nay. You have my blessing oh, to play. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Wheeler. Don't mention it. Don't don't ever mention it. Have you brought Mazes End to an event before? Why would you ask a question like that? Of course not. I love, I value my store credit. <laughs> uh, I mean, but, but in all honesty, like, honesty, like a Mazes End land combo deck is not the worst thing in the world No, now. we've played worse. And, and this card, uh, honestly, only because of this card now. Really? The extra gates are great, but it helps when all your lands are coming into play tapped that you can then just pay three mana to get up to six mana and to keep the train going. All right. So yeah, I don't actually hate it. And I, you know what? I'm going to say it right here, right now. I'm going to bring gates to some Friday night paper fight. You're looking at me like I'm, what, you think I won't? Hey, finally, I won't 0-3 an event. <laughs> God. I'm... Hey, I've been doing better lately. Now that I'm actually playing more Highlander, I've mm -hmm. been, I've actually been feeling my, uh, 
my prowess as a player returning. It had it had dipped. <laughs> Again, Urza. It'd been a long Pan- pandemic. Urza, pandemic. Sanctum Weaver did a number on you. You're like, and put it a Sarasanctum creature? Oh. There's been a lot of cards since 2020. There has. It's been a long year. <laughs> yeah. and, and thankfully, there have only been 20 cards that we've talked about here, because that's the last card we have. 21? 20? I think 20. Very short set review. We've mm-hmm. done, the past couple sets, we've done three parters. Yep. Trying to hit everything we did there. But we wanted to talk about this. There's some very cool cards, specifically 2020 green creatures. Yeah. Thoughts? Underwhelming. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I mean, I mean underwhelming implies bad. But, well, know. it's. I guess it's been nice to not have every single set be a banger. Yeah. To not have to massively reevaluate and like recheck how my decks are going to do based on everything getting shaken up. Um, also, there's a realization that this format or this set is not designed for a format. Right. It has a very specific play pattern and play group in mind when it came in. And the fact that we got anything is very cool. Mm-hmm. And traditionally, some very <laughs> busted <laughs> cards yeah. in our format have come from these these commander products. I mean, just look at True Name Nemesis. Mm-hmm. Like, I think, yeah, my, my my position was no opposition agent, no hull breacher, 10 out of 10. Yeah, perfect set. Yeah, great. All right. I mean, there are really good cards that are multi-deck like deck staples now. Yep. Uh, like uh, Jet Jettis. I'm going to have to learn the name of this card now, the land creature. Yeah. It's also worth mentioning there are some good reprints in this as well that we didn't cover. Yeah. So making you know more availability for more people, make it easier to get into it is mm-hmm. excellent. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think this is what I want from supplemental products. Sure. Like not having to like, yeah, the best part about formats like Highlander is that you get a couple of cards every set. Sure, for sure. Which uh, is great, except for when there are 40 sets a year. <laughs> then that adds up real quick. And so getting these breaks of like, you a lands player? Great. You a combo player? Great. Well, you like red deck wins? Oh, you're good. You don't need yeah, anything, yeah, right? No, nothing for yeah, you. You already, you had your full. You had Kamigawa, you know? No, fun set. Mm-hmm. Let's call it there. Okay. Thank you very much for watching, friends. What did you think? We're back in the studio. Do you enjoy it? Let us know down in the comments below. A little bit of a change of pace. I got to look at Wheeler's face. Yeah. He got to do the ancient tomb mana thing again. Bet you missed that. That exact perfect (laughs) recreation. (laughs) Ancient tomb. If we missed any cards, let us know as well. Reminder, North 100 is brought to you by you, who supported the Patreon over at patreon.com slash loadingreadyrun. I've been Serge, joined by the wonderful Ben Wheeler. Thank you very much for listening, and we will see you next time.